0: You're listening to the EU-China podcast powered by the EU-China Hub, straight from Brussels, a show on which we interview important actors in the EU-China relations and cover the top EU-China news. Our mission is to help you to get a more nuanced picture of what is going on in the EU-China relations. My name is Greg Stets and I'm happy to have you with us. If you like our show, don't forget to subscribe and to tell your friends about us. Let's get started. Hi, here comes the eChina News Brief for March 30, 2020. Basing on the feedback that we received from you, we're slightly changing the format to make audio version of the news briefs more concise and easier to follow. Here, we'll cover the key topics, but if you're interested in getting more details about the stories we cover, check out the written version. You can find it on our website, euchinahub.com, or if you're already a subscriber of the UChinaHub newsletter, simply check your mailbox. In today's news we cover Brussels shifts its stance on China's support, global battle of narratives amid COVID-19. Scandals of China's mask diplomacy Mask diplomacy. Donations versus sales put in perspective. Has G20 succeeded where G7 failed? EU Commission emphasizes FDI screening amid potential COVID-19 buyouts. Enjoy! Brussels shifts its stance on China's support. Global battle of narratives amid COVID-19. Over the last week, Brussels changed its stance on China's medical quote-unquote support for COVID-19-stricken Europe. In a blog post published on the official European External Actions website on March 23rd, High Representative Joseph Borrell warned the EU to be mindful of the quote global battle of narratives and quote politics of generosity surrounding COVID-19. He stated, quote, we must be aware there is a geopolitical component, including a struggle for influence through spinning and the politics of generosity. Armed with facts, we need to defend Europe against its detractors. Ambassador Zhang Myung from Mission of China to the EU dismissed such geopolitical interpretations via a signed article sent to Brussels Times, Euractive and EU Observer on 26th of March. Most of Ambassador Zhang's response applied a conciliatory, cooperation-focused language, but he also strongly rebuffed geopolitical interpretations of China's actions, saying, quote, "...our fight against the virus has nothing to do with social system or geopolitics. To politicize the outbreak or view China's efforts with suspicion is nothing but parochial and detrimental." On March 27, almost 40 MEPs expressed concerns over Chinese and Russian disinformation initiatives in a letter addressed to President von der Leyen, President Michel and High Representative Borrell. Following High Representative Borrell's message, the EU, with support of President Macron, has intensified its efforts to communicate its active response to the crisis. But fostering EU solidarity remains a challenge, especially as member states disagree on the so-called corona bonds. What are the takeaways here? First of all, a clear shift of stance on China's support took place in Brussels. Borrell's message and the letter from MEPs stand in stark contrast to the message of gratitude towards China sent by President von der Leyen last week, which we discussed in the last news brief. We will see more of this approach in the fifth News bite, which we will discuss today. Another issue is EU's internal PR. Regardless of the EU leader's ability to devise a response to COVID-19 crisis, the EU has to find new ways to communicate with the wider European public, also those who don't follow the institution's social media accounts. As the economy will inevitably take a hit, many national governments are likely to use Brussels as a scapegoat. So the EU needs to do more than defensively respond to disinformation and needs to communicate outside of the pro-European echo chamber. This is a long-standing issue, but now it's crucial to take action on it. Scandals of China's mask diplomacy Chinese medical supplies sent to the Czech Republic, Spain and the Netherlands are at the heart of scandals over speculation and life-threatening quality. In Czech Republic, on March 16, police was investigating a case of price speculation on medical supplies, which led them to raiding a warehouse belonging to Zhou Lingjian, a prominent figure in Chinese diaspora in Czechia, who has links to the United Front. Police found 28,000 respirators and 680,000 face masks, around 100,000 of which were labelled as Chinese Red Crosses aid to Italy, possibly stolen, on March 22, Italian region of Lazio accused Czech authorities of seizing the supplies, which was widely reported as the lack of European solidarity. Only the next day, the Czech authorities explained that the masks are part of the ongoing investigation, but sent an equal amount to Lazio by bus. Also in Czech Republic, on March 23rd, Czech media reported that 80% of the 300,000 rapid coronavirus test kits batch ordered from Chinese company Innovita Biological Technology are unusable. The test kits are worth 1.83 million euros. The company released a statement saying that the problem must have been the manner in which the tests are being used. They are being exchanged. In Spain, the government purchased 58,000 COVID-19 testing kits from a Chinese company called Shenzhen BioEasy Technology. Tests were supposed to have an 80% accuracy rate, but reports emerged that the first batch is unusable, being only 30% accurate. On March 26th, the Spanish government announced that the kits will be returned to the manufacturer who's going to exchange them. Importantly, the Spanish government confirmed that the tests were not part of the 432 million euros contract with China, which involves the delivery of 5.5 million testing kits. Also, Chinese embassy in Spain confirmed that Shenzhen BioEasy Biotechnology was not on a list of certified providers which China provided the Spanish government with. Moving on to the Netherlands... On March 28, reports emerged that the Dutch authorities asked hospitals to return around 600,000 face masks purchased in China, some of which have already been in use by the hospitals. It is particularly important as the Dutch authorities ordered 1.3 billion of so-called FFP2 masks from China. So the authorities already announced that for any future transport, they're going to run additional checks. During March 30th, press conference of Chinese MFA, spokesperson Hua Chunying responded to the controversy, stating, quote, Problems should be properly solved based on facts, not political interpretations. In fact, when we first began fighting COVID-19 at home, some of the assistance China received was defective, but we chose to believe and respect the kind intentions of these countries, end of quote. No further information was provided in regard to which countries sent China defective equipment. So what are the takeaways here? First of all, those may be isolated cases in a huge mosaic of med equipment supplies coming from China to Europe, but the damage to China's image and trust towards its equipment is huge. While there is no alternative to Chinese supplies at this stage, the European governments just got an additional motivation to beef up production of medical equipment within the EU. Also, the response of Chinese MFA has been poorly received in the Twitter sphere in Europe. People might have been more understanding if China has not been so actively promoting its mask diplomacy over the last couple of weeks. Second takeaway is that we should keep in mind that over the last weeks, multiple Chinese companies rapidly adjusted their businesses to be able to produce the necessary medical equipment. The pace at which this was happening was bound to produce room for speculation and limit the ability to perform quality checks. While this is not an excuse, of course, it surely provides the context to insufficient quality scandals. Another option, following the reasoning presented by Chinese manufacturers, is that some of the equipment has not been used properly, which sounds a little bit harder to believe. China's mask diplomacy, donations versus sales, put in perspective. Chinese companies have indeed been providing donations of medical equipment to the EU countries. For example, Alibaba pledged 2 million masks for European countries and sent additional 500,000 masks and 30,000 test kits to Belgium, where Alibaba has its European distribution hub. Another example is Huawei, which donated 1 million face masks to Spain, 838,000 for the Netherlands, 200,000 for Italy, 12,000 for Poland and an undisclosed amount for Greece before announcing that it will stop its donations following High Representative Borel's post. Also, other various Chinese actors have made donations. But the key amounts of medical equipment arrive in the EU as part of medical agreements discussing amounts of ordered masks in billions. For example, France confirmed on March 28 that it ordered over 1 billion face masks, majority from China, whereas the Netherlands contracted 1.3 billion FFP2 masks from Chinese suppliers. Poland and Czech Republic set up air bridges with China to ensure a steady supply of equipment. So while it is important to be grateful for the donations and for the help, It is important to understand its scale, as the reports in the media may give an idea that China is donating amounts of medical equipment that are absolute game changers for the EU. According to French Health Ministry, France currently uses 40 million face masks per week. So, if we take the great number of masks pledged by Alibaba for distribution in Europe, 2 million masks, and assume it all goes to France only, it would buy the country around 8.5 hours of use. So takeaways. It is important to be grateful. It is not to undermine the value of the donations which came at the time of need when Europe was still getting its act together to respond to COVID-19 crisis. It is important to appreciate that China reciprocated the use support shown when China was at the height of its battle with COVID-19. So these donations definitely have helped to save lives of European citizens. But it is also important not to give into the impression that China is providing game-changing amounts of donations and has been saving the passive EU, which is a narrative that has been visible in the media over the last couple of weeks. Meaningful amounts of equipment are coming through commercial deals, which is understandable, and the EU still relies on China's experts of medical equipment. And China is eager to provide it, especially given the overall falling global demand, which undermines the ability of China's economy to recover quickly as it has after the SARS epidemic. We talked about it in the last news brief. Has G20 succeeded where G7 failed? G7 video conference of ministers of foreign affairs took place on March 25th, but concluded without a joint declaration, as the American authorities demanded to name COVID-19 as the Chinese virus or the Wuhan virus. This was viewed by other participants of the conference as counterproductive and led to the failure of issuing a joint declaration. G20 summit took place on the 26th of March and it concluded with better results, as the leaders agreed to inject 5 trillion US dollars into the global economy and the International Monetary Fund declared its readiness to provide an additional 1 trillion US dollars in support. Still, no concrete global multilateral vision has been agreed upon. EU Commission emphasizes FDI screening amid potential COVID-19 buyouts. On March 25th, the EU Commission recommended member states to make use of FDI screening mechanism to mitigate the risk of foreign takeovers of the strategically sensitive companies amid COVID-19-induced economic crisis. China is likely one of the primary concerns, as the mechanism was put in place partially as a response to an increase of Chinese M&A in Europe. But bear in mind also Donald Trump's attempts to buy German company CureVac which emerged last week and we covered in the last news brief. So the takeaway here is that President von der Leyen's announcement shows the EU's growing concerns about how China's influence in the EU may grow in the aftermath of the COVID-19 outbreak. Remember that the FDI screening mechanism came into force in March 2019 to a large extent as a response to growing Chinese investments within the EU. Last year, Merix reported that as much as 83% of 2018 Chinese over 1 million euros M&A in Europe would have met the criteria to be investigated if the mechanism had already been in place. So the general takeaway from today's news brief is the growing trust deficit. Add together the criticism of politics of generosity – reserves towards the reliability of Chinese medical equipment and anxiety over potential buyouts, and it seems that the EU-China cooperation on combating COVID-19 outbreak and its aftermath will be conducted in a context of increasing trust deficit. And that's it for this news brief. Stay safe and see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the EU China podcast. If you want to know more or to get in touch with us, visit our website, which is euchinahubwrittenjointly.com. And if you find this show insightful, be sure to leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It will help others to get to know about us. See you next time.